Welcome everyone to the Ohave Torah, Daf Yomi Shiur. Today's Shiur is Daf Mem Het. We will begin, however, on Daf Mem Zayin Amur Bet at the words Amale. Now, uh, we were having a back and forth in Abaya and Rabba. Um, there was a case uh, on the top of the Daf where a person is Chayav eight separate lavin and uh, in one action basically he's got his cows he, he's plowing a, a line and he's because of, because of the plowing and eating he's over eight lavim what are the what are the eight lavim so we said you had a short and a hamor together they were muktash they were climb bekerem Right, you 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 were plowing, climbing, bekenim. Shivit, you did it on Shemitah. Be Yom Tov, it was Yom Tov that day, and it was Kohen Nazir Abet Tumah. Right, that was the question, and the problem was that uh, plowing on Yom Tov should be okay. Right, so we we were trying to. There should be no problem plowing on Yom Tov. Why should it be okay to plow on Yom Tov? If you hold of Hoyl, it should be okay to plow on Yom Tov because why, Mister Zbide? Do you remember? The reason why it would be okay is because since you might need the dirt in the plowing in order in case a bird shows up and you need to slaughter it on Yom Tov, which you're allowed to, that would, that would say, if you hold of the principle of Hoyl, you weren't here for Hoyl, Mark, but Hoyl means that since if a bird was here, you're allowed, you'd need it, therefore you're allowed to do it even without the bird. right? If you hold that principle, should be okay. So we went back and forth with that, and we ended up saying, um, we ended up saying that it was a certain type of mud that was okay. Then Abaya had a question, and that didn't work out. So we ended up with, with uh, Rabba, cha- Rabba changed it to Gidnashev uh, Nevela, right? And. Uh, Then, they, when, then Rabbah came up with a new one, and he said that it was talking about Atse Mukse. The guy, uh, he, he got rid of the, uh, he, he uses Atse Mukse, he lit a fire with wood that was Mukse. Okay? okay. Beautiful. Morris, they were going back and forth whether it's uh, Mukse is Doraita, could it be Doraita? Okay, good. So now we're on the bottom of the page. Amale. So Abayi says to Rabbi the following. Abayi doesn't like Rabbi. You're the one who told us. I asked Rav Chista. Others say yes, Rav Huna. If a person brought a sheep to the Beit HaMikdash from far away from a, from a pasture, and you slaughtered on Yom Tov, what's the law? Do we say you could, you could offer it on the Mizbeach? Ve'at Amritlan, Allah, and you said us, uh, to us about it, the following. The Pasuk says on the side of the page, Pasuk in Yehaiskel, Ve'se'ahat minatson, one se'ah from the sheep, 
מן המאתיים מבקשה ישראל למחנה ולעולה ולשלמים לכפר עליהם נאום ה' אלוקים. אז הוא כותב סה, הוא נשיא לדבר סה, has to be סה ולא בכור, can't be בכור. אחת, has to be one, ולא מעשר, can't be מעשר. מן הצאן, has to be from the צאן, לא מן הפלגס, not from a פלגס, which is an age of sheep, that would be אסור, an intermediate age. מן המאתיים, one out of two hundred, teaches us, from the left over 200 that will stay in the vat, which means it has to, you have to take the nisahim come from a vat where there's still 200 parts of wine remaining in the, in the vat the same amount. Mikan the orla, we learn from here that orla fruits should be telim that they could become batel not in 60. But in 200. From the, from the banquet of the Jews. What do we learn from there? It has to be something permitted to the Jews. From there we learn that you can't bring from Tevel. Now, what are we adding? You might think that you can't bring also a Korban from anything that's Muksa. which means anything you set aside that you're not going to drink it. Amarta, he said, Just like Tevel is special. That the reason why Tevel is Asur, Tevel, of course, is something that you didn't separate Maser from. The reason why Tevel is Asur is because Isur Gufo Garamlo, it's inherently Asur. It's Asur in the item itself. It's not a separate Isur that came, artificial Isur that came on it. It's naturally asur. So too, things that can't be offered are always things that got asur in themselves. That excludes mukseh, which is something you set aside not to, not to use on Yom Tov. That's something else that got it, that got it to become asur. Okay? Now, what's wrong? If what you're saying is true, that the Isur of Mukseh is Deoraita, which is where we ended off last time. Mali Isur Gufo, Mali Isur Devarachir. If it's Deoraita, the Deoraita shouldn't make a difference if it's a type of Isur from itself or it's a type from, Asur, from something else. It should be Asur regardless. Which means that if the thing is Asur, that's the Rabbanan. So we can see the Rabbanan are making a difference between something Gufo Asur or not. But if it's Doraita, who cares if it's if, if it's like that or not? If it's an inherent Isur. Ve'od, another problem. Ha'atu da'amat, chiluk malachot b'shabbat, ve'en chiluk malachot b'yom tov. You're the one who said that a person who does many things on yom tov only gets one set of malkut. So how could you tell me that the, that the, the bright is talking about a guy who cooked and then used mukseh on Yom Tov, how do you get two sets of malkut for that? Because if you think of the brighter, go back to the brighter, what, what were the eight things in the brighter? Uh, most of them were not Yom Tov related items, right? The guy was plowing on Yom Tov. Okay, plowing is, is the Yom Tov thing, right? You're allowed to plow during the week, okay? But you're doing a shor and a chamor together, 
and you're doing climb and a kerem and shemitah. Most of them are not. So what is it? It's plowing, right, and uh, and baking, right, and I'd say mukseh. But we, if you don't hold of chiluk melachot piyom tov, so then you should hold that no matter what, no matter how many I do it, I should only get one set of lashes. Because this, this thing of chiluk melachot means that uh, on Shabbat, there's a special pasuk that tells us that no matter how many melachot you do, you could get that many korbanot you'll have to. So if a guy forgets the Shabbat, or forgets it's Asura, and does three different things. He plows, he harvests, he lights a fire, he gets three korbanot. But you hold that on Yom Tov, that there is no chiluk malachot, and therefore how could you include it like that? Okay. So it comes to the noon. Ela, api kapara. Take out havara from the eight things. Take out lighting a fire. Ve'ayil atse ashera. Throw in that... The wood that was there was Asherah wood. Asherah wood is wood that was from an Asherah tree, an Avodazara tree, which you're not allowed to have Hana from. You can't keep anything from the thing that we kished. That would be the Asur, the Isur of using Atzei Asherah. If you if that's true, then you should get a, another malkut. Uh, uh, there should be nine of bringing a toy right in your house. Sorry, then that would be six. The bright only has five. Sorry. Right. Six of uh, for the other ones. Take out lighting a fire. And the ayil atzeh hekdesh, used that the guy used wood of hekdesh. I'm sorry, I'm on the wrong. We mentioned the wrong one over here. We weren't talking about the, the first plowing one. We're talking about the the case of uh, the of the bright over there of oil. Remember this? The other brighter was the case of the guy who cooks kidan asher on yom tov, and he eats it, right? The guy who cooked kidan asher on yom tov, he got he got five lashes. Right? What were the five? Let me redo this now. The five lashes were <coughs> five lashes was gid, cooking the gid on Yom Tov, eating the gid, cooking basar bechalav, eating basar bechalav, and lighting the fire. And that's why we took out the, that, that, that's the bite that we're going back on, not the, not the plowing. Okay. Good. Oh, it has to be two one. Every, every time somebody uses that, that means it has two, over two, two left. Wait, that's what I'm telling you now. Yeah, it's two lavim. You should have a sixth one, not a fifth one. If you take out wood of hektesh, that makes a difference. So the guy used wood of Good. Where's the Hazara from? Okay. Rami Bar Chama has a question. 
Now, if you remember, let's go back to our original dispute. We had a machloket between Rabbah and Rav Chista, whether or not we say Hoyl. So let's look at the board if you don't mind, Mark, and I'll show you the story. Rav Chista says we don't hold of Hoyl, which if you don't hold of Hoyl, that means that you don't say this rule that since guests could come, you're allowed to cook on Yom Tov. <coughs> okay? Medoraita. So according to... Rabbah says you do say Hoyl, which means, according to Rabbah, you... Uh, you're allowed to cook at any time on Yom Tov because since guests might come, since guests might come, right. therefore I'm allowed to cook as much as I need now, bake even a whole still fire, even though I'm not planning to eat on Yom Tov, but I'm allowed to bake it anyway because guests might come, even without Eruf. Mm-hmm. You need Eruf. Okay? Now, says I'm a Rabbi Barachama. It could be that the machloka between Rav Chista and Raba is also machloka Rebelezer and Rebeshua. The Rebelezer Savad, Amrin and Hoyl. The Rebelezer holds that you need Hoyl. Rebeshua Savad, Lord Amrin and Hoyl. Rebeshua holds you don't need Hoyl. Now, do anyone remember who Rebelezer and Rebeshua are? If you remember in the Mishnah that we had a long, long time ago, there was machloka. It might still be here. Yeah, come over here. Here it is, perfect. What a great! Who, who, I don't know who got this for us, but whatever. It's very nice. We, were led, we, we had a question about baking challah. Okay. Now, when it came to baking challah, what do you do with baking challah on Yom Tov? If you have challah that's tameh, what do you do with it? So Rebbe says that you don't call it challah until after you bake it, because otherwise you wouldn't be allowed to bake it. On Yom Tov, because you're not allowed to bake something you can't use on Yom Tov. You can't use Chalat So therefore, he says, wait till after you, wait till after you bake it, then you give it the name. Ben Betela says, you could call. You have the dough that's Tameh. He says, separate a little bit, call it Chalat right away like usual, and then freeze it, or in the olden days, put it in cold water. Okay. Uh, Rabbi Yeshua says, give it the name right away. You know why? Because it's not yours anyway. Since it's but it's it's uh, we're talking about chala and it doesn't belong to you. So that only made it through your chal, your 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 chametz. This is not your chametz. So therefore, when it gets chametz, it's not going to be a problem. Okay? He says, don't give a name till later, and this way you could bake it first and it won't get chametz. Okay? He says, call it right away and then stop the chametz by putting it in. He says, call it chametz, don't bake it, and it's not your problem because it's not your chametz. Okay, so we want to claim the machloka between Rabba and Reb Chista about whether or not we say hoil, with Reb Chista saying no hoil, and Rabba saying oil is going to mimic this other machloket about Reb Lezer and Reb Shua. Let's see how it goes. Okay, says that Reb Lezer, who says that you don't call it a name, he says we hold of hoil, and therefore. Since you could separate the challah from each loaf separately, okay, and Rabbi Shur doesn't hold the oil, and therefore he holds that you can't. Now, let's get this clear. Do this now. So this, the, basically, it works like this. There's two ways to uh, 
separate challah. One is, you cut a piece from each individual loaf to make challah. Other is, you put all the loaves in a basket and you take a whole loaf for the entire batch. Right? Now, if you want to do one from each loaf, then you could bake the loaves on Yom Tov. Why? Because I have to bake the loaf. In order, to take it. In order to, I have to bake the loaf for, for the part that's going to be regular bread. And the challah, okay, forget it. Right? That's, that's, that's on the side. Right? But if you want to do a whole loaf as challah, you wouldn't be able to do it. once Because once it's challah, you cannot let it put it in the oven because there's no point. Therefore, it was asur to put all the loaves in the oven in the first place. Now, Rebbe says, since... <coughs> Rebbe would hold, since you might change your, change your mind, uh, something could come in the future, since you could, since you could have separated challah from each loaf, even though now you're separating challah from one whole loaf, it's still okay. And the Yeshua doesn't hold the hoil. And since the Yeshua doesn't hold the hoil, he says, give it the name right away. Right. And that's why he's saying his thing. Amar Papa, our Papa says, V'dilma adkan lo kama Rabbi Lezer hatam demina hoil. Maybe the great realizer doesn't agree with Hoyle, but the reason why he says it, that's only because when you put it into the oven, each one was good for each one itself. That's what Rebelezer is letting over here. Rebelezer is letting the baking over here because when you put it in the oven, each one was good. Who told you that Rebbe Lezer, who's allowing the baking over there, because Rebbe Lezer allowed you to bake all the stuff. Why is he allowing you to bake all the stuff? Must be, we're assuming that's because he holds the oil. So no, maybe he only allows it over here, in this baking, because each one could have been good for me. But in the case of baking, when you're not, when you're full, if, for example, if you make, Mrs. Z- uh, Zbid is making cookies and she's full, no, no Zbidas are eating the cookies, and just because maybe the Halabiyas are coming over, maybe in that case, Rebelezer wouldn't agree to it. He agrees to this one putting all the Khalis in the oven, is because we don't know which Khalis, each one in itself is equally fit for me. Right. But that doesn't mean that he'll say it in a case where all the Zabidas are full and no one wants any cookies. Who says he'll allow it in that case? Not necessarily. Just because he allows this doesn't mean he'll allow that. Good. And now the other way. We were saying that Rabbi Yeshua fits like Rav Chista. Says no. Maybe not so. Over here, Rav Yeshua says, you don't say Hoyl. Why? Because there's one loaf, that, that last loaf that you separate, that you're going to separate as challah, which is not good for anybody. Maybe Rabbi Yeshua really agrees with Hoyle. And the reason why he's not okay over here in this case is because there's one loaf. When, it, when this whole loaf becomes chali, it's going to be chala, and it's not going to be fit for not for me, and not for, not for the Zabidas, not for Halabiyas, no, not for either of them. But in, in a case where there's cookies baked, which at least it's good for the Halabiyas, but not for the Zabidas, maybe that case will be, he'll be, he'll be, uh, matir. So therefore, you don't, can't say that the Machloket is, is equal. Okay. Amru Abanan Kameh Derbiyam Rebbe Zera. The rabbi said the story over Derbiyam Rebbe Zera. 
Okay, this story of the connection between uh, Reb Chista and Rabba and Reb Lezer Yeshua was mentioned in front of Reb Yirmi and Reb Zera. Reb Yirmi Kibla, Reb Zera Lo Kibla. Reb Yirmi accepted it. He said that the two were connected, and Reb Zera didn't connect it, didn't accept it. Now we didn't knock it off just now. We just said not necessarily. Okay, so Reb Yirmi liked it, and Reb Zera didn't like it. Amalei Reb Yirmi Reb Zera milta de kashelan. This problem that we were trying to figure out for many years, what's the argument between Now we heard the machloket the, the, the in the name of a great rabbi. We're not going to accept it? It's a beautiful, Rami bar says the answer. It's a beautiful answer. So he told him, How could I accept it? The Tanya we learned in the Brighta. Amalei Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua said, according to your words, according to your opinion, when you bake it, the guy was over on lota se komalacha. Vishatik, and Rabbi was quiet. It sounds over here, from this brighter, that when Rabbi Lezer heard about lota se komalacha, that Rabbi Yeshua told him, Rabbi Yeshua, Who's the one who says don't give it a name, right? I'm sorry, Rabbi Shua says give it a name right away because it's not yours. He told Rabbi Lezer that when you say don't give it a name, you're over lota se komalacha, so because you're baking for for chala. And he was quiet back. That means he had nothing back to say. If you're right that he holds of oil, let Rabbi Lezer, why do Rabbi Lezer, why was Rabbi Lezer quiet? When Rabbi Yeshua asked him, you're doing lota se kamalacha, he should tell him back, what do you mean, I hold a hoil? If, you're, if Rami Mecham is right, that this rabbi holds a hoil, so why does this right to say that he had no comeback when the rabbi told him, you're doing lota se kamalacha? Have a comeback, I hold a hoil. Amar so he said back to him, no, ulotamech, according to reason, what about this brighta? There's another brighta about what Rabbi Lezer told Rabbi Yeshua, and he didn't have a comeback. What's that? It says, "Hadatini nebrayta." This is we learned in nebrayta. Amul or Rabbi Lezer. Rabbi Lezer says, "Lidvarecha." According to your reasoning, "Hadehu over mishum balyirei balimatzeh." A person can be over on balyirei balimatzeh. V'shatikle, and he was quiet. Hachenami dulo hadale. Here too, you're going to say that he had no comeback, right? Because they came back. And he told him, he says, according to you, you're which means that you had chametz on Pesach. Because according to Rabbi Shua's way, he says, you give the name right away, it's not yours. Rabbi Lezer told him, you can't do that, you'll be over chametz on Pesach. Uh, if, if Rabbi Shua didn't have a comeback, does that mean he, he admits that he was doing chametz on Pesach? Of course not. He had a comeback, he just didn't say it. Right? So therefore, the same way Rabbi Yeshua had a comeback and didn't say it to Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Lezer probably had a comeback of Hoyle and didn't say it to him. Right? So we can say, V'shatik there, You want to say you had nothing to say back? He answered him in the Mishnah, which says, He answered and said, This is not the Chametz in the Mishnah, when he said that, the Mishnah that we only are sure to have Chametz of Ayyam when it's your Chametz and not when it's Chametz of Chala. Right? So he answered him. So we know that he answered him. 
Rather, must be that he he was quiet in the brayta and he answered and he answered the Mishnah. I'll answer you that maybe he was quiet in the brayta and he answered somewhere else. So just because he doesn't answer in the brayta is not a proof. Good. Tanya, we learned in the brayta. Okay, we're towards the bottom over here. Okay, Tanya, we learned in the brayta. Rebbe Omer, Halacha Kerbelezer. Rebbe says the Halacha is like Kerbelezer, who says we don't give it a name, we bake them all first, and then we separate. Okay? Yitzhak Amar, Halacha Keben Betira. Rebbe says no, we call it a name, we put it in cold water, like Ben Betira. The Kama Shiurisa. Now the Gemara wants to know, what's the amount, maximum amount of dough that you can knead on Pesach? Which means that as long as you're working on it, Every dough while you're working on it, you could work on it all day and nothing happens so it doesn't get chametz as long as you're working on it. Okay, once you stop, it starts becoming chametz. Yeah, okay. when the dough gets too big, when the dough gets too big, so we're worried that even though you're working on the dough, it's too big for you to work on and part can get chametz. Right. So we want to know what's the maximum size. So it says the Gemara. Just having the flour on Pesach, isn't that a problem? Technically, if you have, if you have, nowadays we don't bake any matzah on Pesach. However, technically, there is no reason why you can't bake matzah on Pesach. Technically, if you're careful. I'm saying you, you're you're allowed to own flour in its uh, flour. Why not? It's not matzah. It's not chametz, obviously. So what, yeah, but it's one of the five grains. You're allowed to own the five grains on Pesach as long as they're not chametz. You own matzah, which is five grains, right? Right. So so you're allowed to make matzah. And we actually do make matzah on Erev Pesach. Right. Erev Pesach matzahs, which you're not allowed to own chametz during that time right. after Chatzot either. Uh, over there, what we say is, we say that we're, we're, we're mafkir all the pieces that are on the floor. Uh-huh. They're not ours because any piece that falls on the floor... My, is, you're not working that though. Okay. So anyway, what's the biggest size? Yishmael Ben Oshem Yochum says, Bechitin, if it's wheat flour, two kabim. Ubesorin, if it's barley flour, then shaloshet kabim, three kabim. Okay. It seems like barley goes slower than wheat to get chametz. Okay. Rav Natan Amar Mishum Rebelezer, Switch it. In wheat, it's three. In barley, it's two. According to him, it's the other way around. Okay? Big difference. Which one's faster? Which one's slower? You see from here that this idea of chametz ising is something that's not necessarily so visible to the eye. Because you have machloket, whether wheat is faster or sword is faster. Just figure it out. Seems like in some of the traditions. So they are saying you would have if you were making barley barley matzah, you'd have a longer time. According to one, you have a longer. According to one, you have a shorter one. So machlekes. So you possibly have more than eighteen minutes. Well, we you, the eight, you you got that eighteen minutes on your own. Okay, we the argument to talk about that. That was meal beforehand anyway. If it's chitin, it's three kab, and seorim is four kab. 
So we have a contradiction. Oh, we said that it was chitin two kav and or three kav. Here it says chitin three and or four. Okay, lo kasha. Habe chasichta, habe mealita. The bright that says three and four is talking about poor grain. Habe mealita, one the other one is good grain. So if it's good grain, it goes faster, and therefore you can only do two three. Okay. Amara Papa, Shmami now we see from here. Garini chiti chasichta, mechiti mi alita, tve medigarin sit saori chasichta, mesaori mi alita. Which means poor wheat compared to good wheat is worse than poor barley to good barley. Why? The ilu hatam tilta. Vahacharavita. When it comes to wheat, the difference between good and bad is that good wheat is two, and bad wheat is three. Three what, minutes? What three kav. Okay. Three kav means three, let's say three pounds. Okay. The maximum amount you're allowed to have is three pounds, because okay. we're afraid that it'll, what's it called? And with good wheat, you only have two pounds. Okay. So from two to three, you went up by a third. Okay? And barley, good wheat, good barley is three. Bad barley is four. So there's a bigger gap between two to three, and there is between three to four. Right. So you see that good wheat is better, is more different than bad wheat than barley. Good barley is the bad barley. Did you follow that? Yeah. But, okay. Barley is from three to four, and wheat is from two, two to three. three. Okay. Two to three is a bigger jump. Yes, it's a much bigger jump. Yeah. Okay. I'm a Rav. Rava says. The better it is, the faster the chametz is. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Amarav Rav says, "Kaba milognaa lepischa." A kava milogma is the right number for Pesach. Vechen lechala also for chala. Now, milogma he said, it's a it's a it's a place called milogma. Yeah, we assumed it's a regular kav. Okay? Also, if you want to know how much is the minimum amount you need for chala, it's a kav like that. Which means that for chala, in order to separate chala, you have to have at least a certain amount of, of wheat, of flour together. How much is it? The same amount as Pesach? And therefore it's a kav. Kav melogma. We'll see. Tanya, didn't we learn it in a brighter? You have five quarters of a kav of kemach, ve'od, and a bit more. That's against what we just said now, because we said till now it's exactly one kav of melogma, which is the amount for chala, and here it says it's five quarters. Now, five quarters is one and a quarter, of course, right? Five quarters is one and a quarter. Okay. Good. Uh, when you a kav of melogma is also the same shiur like that, which means in, in this place called melogma, they call a kav, which is really a kav and a quarter. Okay? And therefore it's equal. Amar Yosef. Hani Nashi Nidan Nahogla Mifra Kapiza Kapiza Lepesha. 
In our t- town, the women bake matzah on Pesach only a kapiza, kapiza at a time. They don't go all the way up to a kav. They only go to a kapiza. Each kapiza is three quarters of a kav. So they're being stricter. They're not going to do a kav. They're going to do three quarters of a kav at a time. Amalei Abayah. So Abayah told him, my datche. What do you think? Lechumer? You think they're being strict? That's a kula. You think you you think your ladies need down to being strict when they do three quarters of kav? When you do three quarters of kav, it's a strictness when it comes to pesach, but it's a leniency when it comes to challah. Because since you're not chayav and challah, you're going to scooch out of ever making ever separating challah from your from your from your matzah. Why? Because we said before that you only chayav challah when you have a dough that's big enough that that holds at least a. Uh, uh, at least a kav and a quarter, okay. right? And this is three quarters of a kav is less than a kav and a quarter. If you bake all your matzah like that, you're never going to be separating challah. So yes, Pesach wise, it's a stringency because your, your doughs are small. You can make sure. Right, to, right, right. But but challah wise, you're coming with a leniency because you're never going to separate challah. It's so small you can't separate it. Correct. If your dough is too small. You can't. That's what we said before. Amalei, so told him back. Davdini kevulazer. He says, no, actually, it is a chumrah. You know why? Because we do like a Lezer. The Tanah, we learned to the Mishnah, Rav Lezer, Omer, Hasal Metzalfan Lechala. Vamer Bihud HaMashmol, Halachak Rav Lezer. The basket can make them together Lechala. So yes, we, all the ladies did do three quarters of a kav to be strict on Pesach. But then after they came out of the oven, and we didn't separate challah. But after it came out, we put them all in one big basket. And since it was in one big basket, it was more than more than a kav, uh, a kav and a quarter. And therefore, we separated kav afterwards, and we did. And we didn't get out. We we were strict on both ends. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Right, 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 right. Okay, good. That's cool. Amalei, so he told him back. Didn't we say? I said, Amar b'shu b'nevi, lo shana b'kikrot shel b'vel shenoshchot zumizu, avol kevin lo. I thought Rebbe said that's only in the Babylonian loaves because they bite each other. When we say we bite each other, it means that the Babylonian matzah were a little sticky when they came out of the oven. So therefore, if you put it one on top of the other, when you they stuck together, that when you pulled it it would take off a little piece of the other matzah. So it's called biting each other, right? So since they're so stuck together, when you put it in the same basket, they stick together and they bite each other. So we could say it's one big thing and we could say you could take, take challah from the whole thing. That, this, that the basket could put them together and you could put them together. Uh, no, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Now, out, nowadays we wouldn't use it like that, but in the old days it was okay, I guess. Right? But if they're loaves separately, they don't bite. He wouldn't allow it. So how could they do it? We answered, No. Even the long, narrow loaves, when you put them in the same basket, you can do it. It's not true. Not true. They don't have to bite in order to work. says, Let's say you have a board that has no rim. Do you say that it combines them? Which means, when we said that they combine, does it have to be a, a, a utensil that has sides? And this way we say it's in this utensil that combines them to separate challah? 
or do we say even a flat board, put them all on this board, that combines them. So he explains, do we say you need an inside of the keli, and this doesn't have an inside, a board has no inside, it's just a board. Or do we say, or we need the airspace of a keli, and on a board there is an airspace on top of it, that's the airspace of the keli. We don't have an answer. Well, the, <coughs> the statement of the rabbi was the keli mitzarafan. The keli combines them. Now, we don't know if the word keli combining is literally, which means it has to have sides in order to be a keli, it has to be in it, or it doesn't have to be in it. Okay? Says Gora, teku. Tanya, we learned in the Braita. By the way, you should know when we go set when I go make matzah, that is how they separate chal. They always do less than, they always do less than a kav. And they do it after. And they do it afterwards in a, in a in a sal in a basket. Okay, so with no with answer. sides. Well, with, there's no answer to a board, but with sides it works. Isn't the side of the board? They had a flat board like a sifid, right. and they were piling on top, and that has no sides at all. But now the way they put the matzah in, they put the matzah when it comes to the oven in. A keli with sides. Right. So the matzahs are lined up. So everyone agrees that the, the, the basket combines them when the sides. Okay. The only machlok at the teku was about a, a board with no sides. No sides. These tables will be no good. Would be teku. These tables are teku. Right. Right. But but uh, but um, uh, that 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 teba with sides yeah. will be fine. Okay. Right. You, you go me matzah every uh, pesa. I go. I go. I go uh, two months before pesa. Uh, and I make. Uh, so what, what? Why do you have to make less than a kav? Because they don't want to be chayav and chala. They don't want to separate chala. Why do they want to do it after? I'm saying. Why do they want to do it after? Yeah, yeah I'm saying what's the difference between have to do it before? I don't know exactly why they don't want to do it before. Well, I understand, but the, maybe they don't want to stop and separate it, or that, 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 I'm not sure. No, also probably because they don't they don't want has they don't want a dough that's too big. We we said you're not allowed to make a dough that's too big, right? right. right? Yeah. So they have to do each dough as a each radial dough. They make sure it's a certain size that it's not too big. Okay, because the Gemara says you can't keep track, you can't keep up with. Now that the Gemara is probably talking about one lady doing it, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of people doing it, but I'm not sure if that that's enough because you can see the Gemara is going to talk about some. This this Mishnah has a lot of people doing it. Three women can knead their own batches one at a time. Three ladies can have their own dose and use the same oven. Okay? One after the other. So you can use one oven for three ladies with their dose. Oh, not at the same time. At the same time. Okay. Three ladies at the same time could be making bread and using the same oven. Okay. And we don't say it's going to get chametzized. That's according to Rabban Three women have to be busy with their, with their dough together. What are they, how do they do it? This way. One woman starts and she needs the dough. Right? And the other one will shape the dough. Right? Roll it out. And the other one bakes it. So therefore, one woman's, according to the hahamim, the woman can't be doing the same thing at the same time because then it'll slow down. And therefore, they say that you have to have 
a system where while this one is kneading, this one's rolling, and while this one's rolling, this one's baking. And they take turns, each person doing the other thing. He says, not every woman and not every all the wood and not all the ovens are the same. It depends on the women, it depends on the oven, and it depends on the fire, how hot the fire is. Mm-hmm. This is the rule. If it starts swelling a drop, she has to put cold water on her hands and the cold water will stop it from chametzazi. That is the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, Tanur Rabbanan. This is the details of the of the Mishnah in of the rule in the Mishnah. Tanur Rabbanan. Lasha, he mikatefet. Once she needs the dough, she shapes it. So the first lady needs it and then shapes it. So while the first one is shaping the dough, the second one goes to lash, goes to step one. Okay. Mikatefet, when she finished shaping, he ofa, then she bakes it. And her friend, the second woman, she shapes it in her place. And the third woman first starts now, Lasha. Now she starts kneading the dough. Okay? Ofa, once she finished baking, he Lasha, she goes back and she starts a new dough. And the second lady is now baking instead of her. And the third lady is now shaping the dough. And it goes back in a circle. As long as they're busy, it doesn't come to chimutz. Right. Right? Is, the, is the system clear? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Good. Rebikiva holds that women are not all the same. Here's the back and forth of Ramang Gamaliel and Rebikiva. Tanya will learn to the bright I'm Rebikiva. I argued from Ramang Gamaliel. I said, Rebbe, teach us. Are we talking about women who have uwe uh, or women without uwe? There's a difference. Depends how much uwe they have, no? It's talking about um, wet wood that's not so hot or or uh, we're using dry wood in the fire that burns better. Is it a boiling hot fire or a warm fire? Amale. I mean, he told me, we only know what the rabbis taught us. All we have is, if you see it swell, you do it, and we don't have a special rules depending on what kind of ladies you are. The rules are for all ladies. Says the Mishnah, new Mishnah. Si'ur yisaref. If you have si'ur, you have to burn it. Now, si'ur <coughs> is not se'or. Si'ur. Si'ur is dough that started getting chametzized. But if you eat it, you're patur. Okay? Siduk, once it got siduk, which is the next level of chametzized, then you said if you have to burn it. Also, but if you eat that, then you have karet. Now what's what? What's called siur, which has to be burnt, but you're patur? If you see that it has grasshopper antennas coming on the top of it. The top of the dough, as it, as it rises, starts getting these uh, little cracks. Okay. okay? If you have those, 
like grasshoppers, then it's siur. <coughs> if it's kikarnech hachavim, I'm sorry, what's siduk? Siduk is that the, the cracks start touching each other. It's all cracked all over. Not one crack. It's all cracked. That's called siduk, which is you get karet for. That means it's chametz. What do you mean? That's completely chametz. Okay. That, that's the. That there's two levels. There's two levels. There's siur, you have to burn it, and but if you eat it, you don't get you don't get karet. Okay. Siduk when it's the double when they all touch each other, according to this opinion, uh, you not only must you burn it, but you also eat it chayav karet. Okay. That's all divrei biuda. Hamim omni, but the rabbis say. Whether you have this or that, either way, you have karet. Okay? What's siur? According to them. Anytime when the surface of it gets white, the way it works is the dough gets paler as it's about to get chametzized. How does it get pale? Like like the paleness of a guy whose hair stood on his end, a guy who gets shocked, his hair stands up, that guy, his face turns pale. When the dough turns pale like him, that's when already it's a problem of siur, which according to the Chachamim, is enough to make you have karet. Says the Gemara, Tanu Rabbanan. We learned in the Brayta. Ezu siur, what's called siur? Kol Anyone who's Turned pale like a guy who got shocked. Siduk, what siduk? That's when that's when it has kanecha gavim. Divrei Meir, that's your mayor. So your mayor sounds like the chavim. Chavim, but the rabbis say is a siur kanecha gavim. Siur is only when it gets the kanecha gavim. Siduk, which sounds like Rabbi Eliezer in our Mishnah. I thought we said that Rebelezer in the Mishnah says that if you eat a Yipatur, here it sounds like that Rebelezer holds either one Yechayav Karet. Right? Rebelezer, the Simanim of, of Chachamim fit exactly with Rebelezer. But the, the diagnosis that, that, that they both have Karet sounds like Rameir. Says Gemara. Ema changed the Mishnah. And say that the last line of the mission says either either one yichayev karet l'rameir zev That's only for a mayor. I'm a rava. Rava says, "My time of doing. What's your mayor's reasoning? En lechal kol sedek v'sedek milmala she'en lo kama sedekim milmata. Any time you have a crack on the top, he holds that inside there's a lot of cracks, and therefore." You might see on the top there's only one crack, where a mayor holds that inside there's a lot of cracks, and therefore it's really you cut it either way when you eat it. Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen Amen. Tomorrow, Bezat Hashem will start on the top, tomorrow night, on the top of Memtet Amudalf.